to the comic book rundown. Third issue of this sixth gun story arc. If you want to check out our previous coverage, check out our last two episodes. So this issue is a backstory. Uh, this is the backstory of Asher Cobb. Like I said earlier, he was introduced in this arc uh, last issue, two issues ago. And um, so if you were confused on who he is. So were we. Were, yeah, we, we were, we're going to tell you. Uh, so it starts out with this gentleman, uh, this showman, if you will, at the circus, and he is talking about this nine-foot mystery mummy who can tell the future. Uh, and there's a guy, a Pinkerton, who is there and was trying to get his future told, but but the the mummy didn't say anything. And this uh, this showman, if you will, is just like, oh man, I'm, he just. Looks like Asher just didn't want to talk today. I'm sorry about that. And the Pinkerton's like, you're not trying to, like, steal money from me, are you? Oh, no, never, sir, never. Unless you uh, you really want to part with a few more coins. You know, like a good... I mean, he's playing it up like he... Yeah, he should. That's... I mean, that's what they're there for, is to make money. Yeah. And this kid comes up, and he's like, what that, uh... What that Pinkerton want? Oh, you know, just want to take a peek at the mummy and... Wasn't too happy with what uh, what was said or what wasn't said and all this and and the kids are like, well, surely that that cop didn't expect a, a mummy, a dead guy, to talk. And I think this showman Regis, 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 yeah, is like, well, why not? I mean, dead talk all the time if you know how to uh, to listen. And but you know, but the problem is this is really isn't Asher Cobb, so of course it wasn't going to talk. And the kids are like, wait, what? What do you mean? And he's like, it's just a bunch of hams and, you know, bones that are wrapped up in uh, cloth. It's no more Asher Cobb than you or I or the dirt over there are, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, what are you talking about? And, you know, he explains to him, he's like, everybody, every show's got Asher Cobb's mummy, you know? It's just a, a thing. The real one, nobody knows where it's at. Yeah. And so, of course, the kid keeps prying and Regis is just like, all right, you know what? You're obviously want to, you're not going to do your chores, chores today, so... I got no issue telling you the story. Let me tell you a story. <laughs> so, we start out with, uh, uh, what is that? Ashokab was born 35 years ago on a night filled with screams and blood. Uh, his mother was one of them abandoned with no real family of her own. His father was a learned man, but not so educated that he didn't fall in love with a painted cat. So, I don't... Her, her mom's a His mom was a whore. No, I get that. Oh, okay. It was just like... The el- the way of, of saying the words is yeah. is pretty awesome. But the thing is, though, is his mom, the mom, died during childbirth. So, and Asher himself was a bit of a deformed, um, like, elephantitis child. Um, the, the doctor ended up taking Asher as his ward because... They don't ever like they said that that the the dad obviously was not there, not there. Yeah, um, and the mom's dead, so 
Here we go. So he, he knew. Well, the doctor knew that if he, you know, gave the baby to anybody else, they'd just put it down. You know, they'd kill it. Exactly. So Doc is just like, all right. Well, I guess I'll take this kid. And he he honestly was trying to do the best he could, but the problem was it, he's in a town of blatant assholes. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, well, they're, they're, they're a bunch of, you know, uh, uneducated, you know, I mean, idiots. Yeah. They, they think that everything's, a, you know, well, they're superstitious, everything's a bad omen, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. You know? And that's just the time. Like, it, it's the time that they're in. And, and although, <laughs> let's, let's I mean, be, it hasn't let's changed be, much. Yeah, I was going to say, it hasn't really done much different. But um, one day, he... He actually brings Asher out uh, into town, and he, he makes a point in the dialogue saying that you know, he's just a boy. He's age of six, uh, but he was taller than than a boy twice uh, as many years. And a lot of folks looked on uh, with fear, but there was uh, a few that looked on with tenderness. And and like I said, the doc he has moments of compassion. He's telling Asher like, "You're doing good. Just stay steady." You're, everything will be okay. But uh, apparently fate was not done playing tricks on, on well, I shouldn't say tricks, pranks on the on the poor boy. Uh, and he was gifted with the sight. Uh, and, you know, he, he could see the future. But it also hurt him when, it, when, it, when he saw it. Um, days go by, and this girl named Ruth... Uh, kind of becomes his only friend. And years later, as the years went on, became his greatest love. Now, Asher himself, he kept the prophecies, the secrets, the future, whatever, to himself as best he could. Like, he never, he didn't want to burden Ruth with any, any of that. I, I don't, honestly, I don't think he wanted to burden anybody with it. Um... So he suffered, you know, in silence. And <laughs> there's one day when they're at uh, what looks like the lake or not like the uh, the river or something, just playing. Probably a creek or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something. And Roots is just like, hey, Asher, what's on your mind? And he's like, you know, nothing worth mentioning. And she brings up, like, after all this time, you think I'm going to let uh, you get away with an answer like that. You know, and you're, you'd best cheer up. I don't plan on marrying no sad sack. And Asher was kind of taken aback. He's like, Mary, well, what? But I think he also knew that, you know, she didn't really love him. Yeah. But, but they got along well enough to where, you know, it might have worked out. He yeah. could tell himself anyways. Yeah, I mean, it's the lies that you tell yourself to get through, right? But he, either way, you know, he ends up, uh, you know, the war starts. And, civil War, uh, yep. The Civil War. And, or the States uh, War, as they say. Yeah. And he decides that, you know, he's going to go and help. And he, but I mean, he's not a normal soldier, obviously, because he's got you know the foresight. He he mm-hmm. can see things before they happen, so they use him for strategies and uh, you know uh, um, to basically you know assure their victories. So, yeah, when when the when the battles quicker, so that the war will end sooner. He ends up even meeting Abraham Lincoln, which the fact that Asher like towered over Lincoln was is pretty cool. Yeah, well, I mean, Lincoln was what six six or six seven or something like that. Something like that. And Asher's supposed to be like uh, eight foot tall or nine foot tall. Give or take. 
Uh, nine foot tall total, I think, at the end. But yeah. Yeah. But it was uh, it was one of those things where there he's meeting Lincoln and his nose starts bleeding, and he goes to excuse himself. Well, he has like the worst vision of all, and he sees General Hume. Um, what does he call him? Uh, Asher saw something that haunted haunted him for the rest of his days. A powerful, powerful dark force taking shape. A shadow growing in the south, commanded by an even greater foulness. Uh, a force of for evil that could sense Asher's presence. Um, now, and we the picture we see. Do you think? Like, I don't think that's Mrs. Hume behind him. No. Uh, and I guess this is probably the good as time to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's good as time to say, when I re- first originally read The Six Gun, this is as far as I got. I only got to book three. So I have no idea what's coming. Me neither. Which is kind of cool. Um, I mean, because most of the time, if I'm if we're reading something, I've read it at least once. Yeah. Usually. So I have an idea of what's to come later on down the road. Um, this one, not so much. But regardless, the fact that the the this evil could sense Asher's presence and through could, a vision through this vision it scared him enough that he started to run and he tried to hide it didn't do him any good because he gets found out and this is where I think the passing acquaintance of Drake comes from yeah because Drake's probably one of these guys right here I mean we don't see him we don't well but that's the thing I'm pretty sure this is the sons of the gun, like the four guys who had the other guns. And then I think Drake is the one, like if you look on this, the second page, I think that's Drake right there in the infantry hat. Oh, I think you're right. Because I'm pretty sure that the other four, like I assume this is Hume's men. Yeah. Like that, that's my assumption. Um, Regardless, Asher gets away. And he has starts to have more visions. Uh, he has a vision of Drake later holding all four guns. Uh, he has a vision of his own death. And he also has a vision of Ruth's death. And so he's like, oh, I got to change this. You know, I can't do it. If I follow this vision, I can't because I'll be dead. So I'm going to go find somebody that could help me. And he comes across these sisters. Uh, doesn't ever name them, but they're like witches of sorts. There's- they're 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 the Norns, you know. Uh, well, I mean, you know, they're three witches wrong. around a cauldron. I mean, yeah. And he basically it's the Sanderson said, sisters," <laughs> which I believe this year is when the sequel comes out on Disney Plus. Oh man! Oh, dude, did you see that they're also making a Willow sequel? Uh, series. Oh, is it a series? Yep. I only saw uh, I saw an ad for it. I just assumed that it was a. Uh... Yeah, there's a there's a trailer out there. Interesting. Yeah. I still haven't watched it, but it's out there. Have you watched the first movie? Uh, I, I've seen parts. And when are we covering it on the comic book rundown? Yeah, we'll see. It's got a comic <laughs> book. It counts. You're not you're not wrong on that one. I mean, we just did Meteor Man, so yeah, exactly. But anyways, um, let's get back to where where, where we're yeah, supposed yeah, to yeah. be here because you know, you're you're on a timeline today. Yeah. Um, well, yes. But, uh, but yeah, you know, so these. These, these witches, uh, he, he wants to come and make a bargain with these witches to try and extend his life. And 
they're like, all right, can do. So they kill him, and then they extend his life. Yeah. I mean, they make him into a mummy. A, a mummer of the ever-living, right here. Yeah. Um, what did they say? Uh, the sad truth of the matter is that the only way for Asher to cheat his own mortality was to pass through death. His body was prepared according to long-forgotten rites. All manner of foul humors were poured and stitched into his already rotting flesh. The thing that remained was no man at all. There was little of Asher Cobb trapped in his body, in the body he once inhabited. Uh, rather, he had become an engine of pure malice and destruction, an inhuman creature to be sure, but still possessed of an all-too-human desire, a desire to save his beloved, uh, a desire that could not be satisfied, and so turned to bloodlust. Um, one other thing that I'll, I'll say is when the witches proposed uh, him doing this, they said, uh, you know, it comes at a high price, uh, and in time you'll be used uh, as an instrument of evil. Mm, so and he's like, I don't care. I just want to be able to save Ruth. And then he doesn't even get to save Ruth, anyways. Yeah. So, like, once he gets, once he becomes alive, alive again, air quotes. I don't know. He kills the witches, goes off to try and save Ruth. She's dead. So he takes his vengeance out on because he had visions, the guys who killed her, and then, uh, yeah. That so that is really it. And we go back to Regis talking to the kid at the the circus. And he's like, the kid's just like, well, what happened to Asher after all that? And Regis is like, oh, well, he still wanders the world from time to time. Um, I think he's still trying to find a way to save Ruth. And you never know. Like, I well, don't. Yeah. And it pops back over to um, his fight with um, Drake. Yeah, well, and... you know, we see we see the scene of him wandering around. We see Barlow coming up to him. Yeah. So, which is why it didn't work fully. Barlow's um, machinations. Magic. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, then he goes up to to Drake, and, and and what we get is what he had, you know, whispered to Drake when they were fighting. Um, which was, you know, I I know what you're trying to do with the guns. You're trying to change the world. I've seen it. And he's like, look, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna break your, or I'm not gonna snap your neck, but you have to bring Ruth back. And then, right after he says that's when Drake kicks him out of the uh, train. Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe, maybe Drake will, like, change the world and and bring back, because we also in the next issue we're gonna get some more of that, some more of bringing the dead back. Yeah. So the the power of the we're starting to see the power of the guns, well, of the six, and what they can actually maybe do. Like we had an indication of that um, in in volume, in, yeah, volume two when Becky had gotten to the mall and she had felt that presence in whatever seal was there, yeah, and knew that whatever Jake was trying to do wasn't going to work. So we're, we're starting to put a lot of pieces together, and it's getting good. Yeah, and that's where that one ends.